talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Have you found us yet on Google and Apple Podcasts? We're right there. Wherever you get your podcasts, the fan upstate offsides with Mark Ryan and Diesel. Fantastic to have you guys with us. All sorts of fired up about all that we've got going on today. Loaded from beginning to end. All right. Now, check us out on the renewal by Anderson of the Carolinas fan phone at 844-326-3663. That's F-A-N-F-O-N-E. And you can hit us on the text line at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go on the show. Here's what's coming up on the show today. Why the picture for the Lions returning to the conference championship game is rosy. It's rosy. Do you claim a team that does this to you? We will ask you that million-dollar question. Travis Kelsey is reportedly planning something big, or should I call him Travis Swift, Taylor Kelsey? You tell me. He's planning something big for the girl he calls Tay-Tay on V-Day. So what is it? It's it. What is it? What is it? We will ask you that question. Paternity tests have been completed in sports. We've got J.J. Hardy coming up on the show. If you were starting a team today and could pick any quarterback in the NFL, where does C.J. Stroud go? Plus, we've got the top five at five and a brand new Thursday tradition, hate mail. Here with you on a Thursday edition of the show. Always do appreciate you guys. What's up to the good folks on the YouTube channel? YouTube, the Fan Upstate on YouTube, we are right there with you as well. But let's get started today with this. You guys know that one of my best friends in college football is Josh Pate. Uh, When we went up to Michigan for my wife's father's funeral in August, we stopped by in Nashville. He had us stop by the Country Music Television building, which is where they shoot the Late Kick Show. 24-7 sports offices are there. Got to meet him, got to lose to him in ping pong. I want to say the final score was 21-14, Wait, I thought you had an unhittable surf. He hit it, Diesel. He hit it. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, he hit it. Uh, I I will tell you this, Diesel. It got the first three points on him. But then, you know, like as he seems like a very smart dude, smartest guy in the room, he figured out, I said, how did you do that? I don't even know how to hit that back. And he goes – It's about adjusting to where the spin is coming from. See, most people don't do that. So he adjusted to where the spin is coming from. Then he's able to return the serve every single time. So anyway, my friends, uh, Josh Pate with something which is a little bit of a canary in the coal mine for you, especially if you're a fan of Clemson, okay? I want you to listen closely to what uh, Josh Pate says the future is going to hold for big-name coaches in college football. I think within the next couple of years, a major head coach at or near the top of his game and the top of his profession is going to step away from college football 
perfect health, not going to the NFL. He just steps away voluntarily and he says, I'm stepping away because I don't like college football right now. And then he waits. He goes and sits in a studio or maybe he goes and sits on his back porch and fades a little bit and just waits. And then you fast forward five years and maybe college football writes itself. And then the following headline is written in 2028. Coach X ready to get back in the game. Can you imagine how big a mess your sport has to be when some of your best are contemplating uh, temporary retirement? I'm just going to go, I'm going to go sit in the pits over here. I'm going to go sit on the sidelines. Do you guys get the sport figured out? How pathetic is that? You can, you can either call them soft, which I promise you they aren't, or you can call your sport really, really messed up. I just, I would never betray confidence on this stuff in a million years. I'm telling you point blank, there are some big name head coaches in college football that are about that close to either outright calling it quits and calling it a career or saying, I'm done with this for now. Promise you, promise you, you'd be shocked at some of the names that are way closer to the exit door of this sport than you think they are. Wow. That's kind of a bombshell, right? I mean, not only does he says does he say he thinks this is going to happen, he says, I've got sourcing and I can't reveal the sourcing, nor am I going to tell you the names that might walk away. But guys, if you are thinking about this logically, okay, like there's one name at the very top of that list, right? Like what A-level coach that is publicly disenfranchised by what the heck is going on with this beautiful sport of college football might walk away. Well, how about the fact that the two best coaches in college football just did walk away? Jim Harbaugh, gone to the NFL. Uh, Mark, he was always going to go to the NFL. Why? Yeah, why? Because he's tired of the NCAA BS, okay? Uh, because he's tired of the investigations. He's tired of kissing butt. He's tired of all that crap. Um, so, yeah, Jim Harbaugh went to the NFL. Nick Saban says, what do I need this for? You know, the, the, the great taxpayers of the state of Alabama have paid for my multi-million dollar lake house. They, they legally paid for my lake house. They made my house payments for me. And I made $12 million a year. And I'm 72 years old. The hell do I need to stay around this for? So, you know, Nick Saban can call it retirement. Jim Harbaugh can say I'm passionate about Michigan. I'm passionate about the NFL, too. But he's clearly more passionate about the NFL. It's not that the Chargers are paying him more money than Michigan could afford. Colleges right now can, can afford as much, if not more, than NFL teams do. But, guys, you think about this, and you're sitting here, and what happened just today? Jeff Halfley, Boston College head coach, signs on, leaves Boston College to be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. You are now seeing head coaches of Power 5 programs leave to be coordinators in the NFL. That never happened previously. And you know what Jeff Halfley was saying? Waving the white flag, man. Waving the white flag. Why? What do you think Boston College's NIL fund is? I'll tell you, next to nothing. That is a pro sports town that only cares about pro sports. I've been told Boston College struggles to even get onto the back page there. He knows he's on the hot seat. He knows they expect more. 
And, you know, they're asking him in, uh, in Boston to, to make a filet mignon, and they're giving him rump roast. Hey, man, we expect wins. Where's the funds? We don't have the funds. But you got to pay players in order to succeed today. So, guys, realize this, and I, I, my opening question to you today is the following. What coaches is Josh Pate referring to? Give me names, okay? Big name head coaches. First, he said big name head coach. Then at the end, a little bit more liberal with his word choice. Coaches, plural. Big name head coaches, plural, that are this close to walking away from the sport. They don't like the direction of the sport. They don't like all they have to do. They don't like what's going on. And so all of you yahoos out there, and thankfully it's the minority, okay, but uh, the the 5% of you yahoos out there that are like, Mark, shame on you for standing in the way of a kid getting his money. You keep doing this to the sport, there's not going to be a sport to get money from. I can see Kirby Smart being one of those guys. I'm sorry, not Kirby Smart, uh, Lane Kiffin being one of those guys. Lane always seems like he's exhausted and worn out with all of it all the time. He seemed, he, you know, he's one of those guys that wears his emotions on his sleeve. He shows his displeasure. It's right there. You can't miss it. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I love how much Lane Kiffin reminds me of Nick Saban. He really, the way he, the way he talks, just his, his tone of voice, his pacing, so much of that reminds me of Nick Saban. And I think he got a lot of that from Nick uh, with his time in Alabama. But I could totally see uh, him being one of the guys who, who wants out. Yeah, so Lane Kiffin, Diesel says, one of the guys that wants out. I'm saying you could very easily put Dabo Sweeney on that list. And, you know, we're now to the point with Clemson fans where it's like, okay, you know, like somebody threatens to leave enough times or the results aren't there enough times, and you're saying, okay, Dabo, if you're going to leave, leave. We don't want you to leave. We want you to be here, but we're not going to beg you to stay. Okay, you're unhappy with the direction of college football. Do something about it. So what, pray tell, are we hoping happens here? You know, there is a theory that what is exactly the problem? Is the problem NIL? Well, I think the problem is, for, for some people, it's NIL. As in, there is no NIL, right? It's NL empty at a lot of these schools. That's a big problem. I also believe a problem, a major problem, is that you bust your hump for years recruiting a kid. He leaves you without warning. Leaves you without warning. And I think so the one-year no-penalty transfer pool, you're trying to build a team. Hey, Shane Beamer, good luck. Half your team is going to leave after every year. Good luck building a team. Good luck building continuity. That's a major problem. Which is a bigger problem? NIL, guys leaving in the transfer portal year after year after year. It's unbelievable, guys. If you put rules in place that allow people to be bad people, how many people choose that option? You know, like we're supposed to be molding these young men, teaching them how to be good human beings, good contributors to society. But when we have rules in place that allow them to be guilty of greed, it's amazing how many of, the, how many of them walk down that road. Um, Pete Futak today said this, the NFL is the NFL. 
about Boston College coach Jeff Halfley leaving to be the D.C. defensive coordinator of Green Bay, to which Kirk Herbstreet says no. College football in its current state will be seeing more and more coaches heading to the NFL. Without boundaries and regulation that makes sense, coaches that get real opportunities in the NFL will be gone. This trend will continue until there's a new governing body and it creates a CBA with a player's entity or union that would include issues like NIL, transfer portal, and eventually revenue sharing. The sport is spiraling out of control as we know it, and many of these coaches are not sticking around and waiting. Just a new reality for the sport. I always wonder how personalities at major networks deal with this, Diesel, because the reality is their employer is part of this, right? Like ESPN is part of the push to 12 teams. Fox is part of the push to 12 teams. Fox is part of the push for Washington and Oregon to join the Big Ten, USC and UCLA. You know, so so for Kirk Herbstreit to say the sport is spiraling out of control, in effect, what he's saying is we need a governing body to prevent my employer from doing what my employer is doing. And we need a governing body to be able to have some stones and step up and say, you can't just nilly-willy and freely transfer wherever you want to go. Nilly-willy? Willy, willy nilly. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Nilly verbal, willy. Verbal fluency is only 86%, Diesel. Only 86%. So, my opening question to you guys. What coaches could you see walking away under this pretense that these conversations are happening, that, you know, the seal, you know, we always say the seal was broken. The seal was broken with Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban. Um, And now Jeff Halfley, Boston College, can see the writing on the wall. Hey, Jeff, we're going to need more wins. He says, I'm going to need more funds. Those funds aren't coming. Okay, I'm going to go somewhere where I can be successful. Diesel, you never used to see that. You would see a college coach become an NFL head coach. You wouldn't see a Power 5 college coach become an NFL defensive coordinator. Like, that's just that's an odd move, right? It's like, is that a step up? Not really. You're the head coach. Now you're a defensive coordinator. Why are you doing that? You're doing that because you only have to worry about football in the National Football League. Players have contracts. One-year contracts, five-year contracts, everywhere in between, okay? Um, Is it the NFL? I hope it never is the NFL. I really don't. But until we have some sort of plan in place, your favorite coach is in danger. I want to know who's putting up the roadblocks to having a centralized governing structure in the NCAA, why why can't we have we we've talked for years about needing a czar of college football, and a lot of people had thought and hoped that one day it might be a guy like Nick Saban, if if not him by himself as a commissioner, at least part of a uh, a three man tribunal that does the exact same function. So what what is the actual thing stopping that from happening? The actual thing stopping that stopping that from happening, Diesel, is that the NCAA is still the governing body. They're not doing anything for fear of being sued. And we don't have another governing body that has stepped up. We don't have a central commissioner who's, who's paid to just monitor what's best for the sport. 
So you have the NCAA saying, we've got infractions on you, Tennessee. And you've got Tennessee effectively taking the NCAA's violations to the dumpster. We'll, we'll hit you with an antitrust lawsuit. You can't limit these kids' earnings. And what's the one thing the NCAA didn't want? Another lawsuit, Diesel. It's the only reason they've been as inactive as they are. So Tennessee is hitting the NCAA where it hurts. They're saying, okay, you're going to enforce rules now? Enjoy the next few years in courts. That's what they're saying. Guys, you know, what you have is a high-speed sports car that is known as college football with everybody too afraid to get behind the wheel. No one is, no one has the guts to get behind the wheel of this sports car that can go 300 miles an hour. I think somebody told me, Diesel, the fastest car ever can go 300 miles an hour. That you could, a street legal car, 300 miles an hour. What say you guys? All right, when you hear this, when you hear that clip from Josh Pate, does it make you worry about Dabo? You know, it's almost so obvious to me that it can't be Dabo, right? You know that game you talk about on the schedule each year? Uh, this one is the is the game that worries me. It's the sleeper game. Well, then what happens is everybody talks about the sleeper game, and it's no longer the sleeper game because the team is aware of the upset possibility. Dabo is so obvious a choice, it makes me wonder if he's the guy. The car you're talking about was a 2006 Ford GT known as the Bad GT, which achieved a top speed of 310.8 miles per hour, making it the fastest street legal car in the world. There you go. There you go. All right, my friends, we keep it right here with you. Um, How long? How long until we have some answers for this? How long until we can stop the bleeding of our very best leaving the sports? It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. I think within the next couple of years, a major head coach at or near the top of his game and the top of his profession is going to step away from college football. Perfect health, not going to the NFL. He just steps away voluntarily and he says, I'm stepping away because I don't like college football right now. And then he waits. He goes and sits in a studio or maybe he goes and sits on his back porch and fades a little bit and just waits. And then you fast forward five years and maybe college football writes itself. And then the following headline is written in 2028. Coach X ready to get back in the game. Could you imagine how big a mess your sport has to be when some of your best are contemplating uh, temporary retirement. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go sit in the pits over here. I'm going to go sit on the sidelines. Do you guys get the sport figured out? How pathetic is that? You can, you can either call them soft, which I promise you they aren't, or you can call your sport really, really messed up. I just, I would never betray confidence on this stuff in a million years. I'm telling you point blank, there are some big name head coaches in college football that are about that close to either outright calling it quits and calling it a career or saying, I'm done with this for now. Promise you, promise you, you'd be shocked at some of the names that are way closer to the exit door of this sport than you think they are. The words of our good friend Josh Pate, you'd be shocked at the number of big-name college coaches that are much closer to the exit door than you realize. And we ask you... Who could they be? 
Who could he be referring to? Guys, if you are, if you do not think Dabo is on that list, folks, denial is not just a river in Egypt. Okay? Admission is the first step toward recovery. Okay, so I don't think it's Dave Doran. I don't think it's Mike Norvell. I think Mac Brown is close to retirement anyway. Miami Hurricanes Mario Cristobal has done nothing there. So I don't know how much you have to worry about the ACC or the Big 12 and what's left of the Big 12. The Big 12 has a lot of coaches that are happy to be there. Matt Campbell could be one that is tired of what he's seeing. I can't imagine the Iowa State Cyclones have an incredibly deep NIL fund, right? Can't imagine that. Might Ryan Day be willing to walk away from Ohio State? Tired of all that he's seeing? You know, I I would have loved for Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban just to be honest with us, right? Like when you're walking away, to what degree did the current landscape in college football hasten your decision? I'd have loved to have seen that. I'd love to have heard that. But we didn't. All I'm telling you is I know that's part of it. I know that's a big deal. You know, Kirk Ferentz, Iowa. I can't imagine he likes the direction of the sport. What about James Franklin? What about him? What about Kirby Smart? Kirby, to me, seems like a college lifer whose team is benefiting seriously, hand over fist, by the current state of affairs. I mean, they have all they have double the recruiting budget of everybody else. They have four million dollars a year in a recruiting budget. Everyone else is at two or one, et cetera. Right? The money they have that they're throwing out is incredible. Um, you know, I, I look at some of these other coaches. Mark Stoops seems like a guy who wouldn't like the new direction of college football. Lane Kiffin certainly. What about Brian Kelly? I can't see Brian Kelly being thrilled with this, having to pay for everybody under the sun, stars, and moon. Guys, you know, like whatever, whenever you thought Dabo was going to hang them up at Clemson, you hear something like this, and I think you can take two or three more years off the list. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious with you. Two or three more years off, off, uh, off the tenure, off the career, um, because this is not a tenable situation. This is not sustainable. You know, everyone likes to act offended. Everyone acts to act like, uh, you know, removing players' rights. It's a bunch of hooey. It's it's ridiculous. You're killing the sports. Uh, Texter says, let's see here, Lincoln Riley could be on that list. He doesn't seem to have full control anymore at Southern Cal. Texter says, at least as a defensive coordinator in the NFL, Jeff Halfley Gets an offseason. Great point. Hired on right now? Just work and help out and plan your defense and have nothing, no high-pressure situations outside of the NFL draft until August. I mean, think about how nice that situation is, how cushy that is. Hire on in, in February 1st. You have one event you have to worry about until August, the draft, and that's it. It's good money if you can get it. Great money. Uh, Texter says NFL coaches get fired for losing games. 
college coaches get fired for losing recruits to teams with no salary cap. Who can blame a coach for wanting to be in the NFL? Amen. You know, Lane Kiffin told us, Texter, uh, about a year ago, he said, you know, look, look at the teams in the recruiting rankings that are higher than they normally are. That'll tell you who's got the money. Who in the recruiting rankings is suddenly making a splash that doesn't make a splash? Because according to Lane Kiffin, 100% of kids, 100% are asking for, hey, what are you doing for me, name, image, and likeness? Diesel, you remember how shocked we were when we had that high school player of the week who said NIL is going to be a big factor in his decision? Bro, that was, a, that was not a good day for me, you know? And I didn't want to, like, put the kid on the spot and tell him he's thinking about the wrong things and all this other stuff. Didn't want to do that to him. But, man, I wasn't happy about it. Not at all. Uh, by the way, who's up there at the very top of the recruiting rankings that normally isn't? Auburn has the number eight class this year. You're not surprised that Auburn's paying, are you? Probably not. No, because they're tired of being second fiddle to Alabama. They think this, they think this is their opportunity to return as top dog in the state. Guess who else is tired of feeling second fiddle diesel? Nebraska, who out of nowhere has the 18th ranked recruiting class. They haven't recruited in a, in a minute and a day. Uh, a day and then some. Texas Tech out of nowhere. The, the, the importance of football in the state of Texas has the 24th ranked recruiting class. Okay? You're, you're starting to put this together now, aren't you? You're starting to see where the money is, who's got the money, and where the money is going. And man, oh man, oh man, it is, it is creating an untenable situation that necessitates change, and this can't happen soon enough. All right? I will maintain and I will say this till my dying days. Those people who have no problem with what's going on in college football are pro fans first. They're pro fans first. Now, I think these are people who are fans of the off-the-field stuff. I think these are fantasy football fans. These are people who have, who have learned to like football from that perspective. Individual players moves, contract negotiations, who's who's winning in the stats and who's getting paid because of it, who's the highest paid player at this individual position. There's a whole generation of fans who have grown up in fantasy land. And I don't mean that in some, you know, some big magical realm. I'm talking about fantasy football land. Those are the people who love this new element of the sport because it reminds them of pro football. And they're, in my opinion, pro football fans first. You know, they, they, they never valued what made college football different. But what made it different made it great, made it special. All right, what do you say we shift gears here uh, to this topic? You know, um, our friends at the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, it's, it's tough for the city, man. It's tough for the city. We did this topic uh, earlier in the week. Which fan base has suffered the most in the National Football League? A lot of votes came in for Detroit, some for the New York Jets, some for the Cleveland Browns. Four teams have never even made it to a Super Bowl. Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions. Not won it, 
never made it there. And so you might imagine when you get as close as Detroit did to striking their name from that list, it hurts. It hurts the city. I felt like Detroit was really making a play for America's team heading to this Super Bowl. And worst yet, they were right there. You know, at halftime, the Detroit Lions had an 86% chance to make the Super Bowl. 86%. I don't think they choked. Choke is something you do when you start playing prevent defense and you get tight. Detroit was as, if not more, aggressive in the second half than they were in the first. They strayed two <laughs> to who they were. Yeah, you... <laughs> Who's the artist there, Diesel? Uh, wasn't that Bismarcky? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's a... That was one of the, the old-school college jams, man. Got you every time. DJ every, Cool. DJ Cool. There you go. So anyway, guys, you know, um, for Detroit and a team like that, okay, for the Baltimore Ravens and teams like that, let me ask you this question. Is your hunch that Detroit is going to be back? You know, Dan Campbell said earlier this week that we may never get back here. Speaking of his Lions, there is no guarantee that we'll ever be back here. Okay? And he's right. There is no guarantee. But personally speaking, I am going to guarantee they're going to be back. Because Dan Campbell um, has done two of the most difficult things to achieve in any business, in any sport, in, in any walk of life. Dan Campbell has changed a culture and he's changed a reputation. And that is not easy to do, my friends. Not at all easy to do. But then what we do and what we have is we look at the data. And this is more than anything else, more than feel good and happy-go-lucky and you still had a great year, more than any of that crap. This is what you should feel great about if you're a Detroit Lions fan. You guys know I always like to give you something you can't get anywhere else. So here you are. What are the odds that one of the two teams in the NFC Championship game makes it back next year? What are the odds that one of the two teams in the AFC Championship game make it back to the AFC or NFC Championship game next year? Man of Tomorrow says, ask Dan Marino how hard it is to get back. Well, if Dan Marino had held the ball right, laces out like Ray Finkel liked, they would have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> So it's all that damn Dan Marino's fault. I'll, I'll share this with you. I'll share this with you, my <laughs> friends. Um, here are the numbers. I went back and I looked at every single conference championship game that's been played. First one, 1970. These things have been going on now 54 years. Okay? 54 years. Um, then I went back and I looked at how many of these years did one of the two teams make it back the following year. Are you ready to feel good if you're a Lions fan? You ready to feel good? I'm bringing the feel good today, my friends. 31 of 53 AFC Championship games had a team from the previous season playing in it. Had a back-to-back -back member in the AFC Championship game. And to show a level of remarkable consistency... The number in the NFC is 30 out of 53 years. Now, you said, well, Mark, you just said 54 years. Yeah, the second year is the first where you could have a repeat member, right? So there's 53 years possible. 
30 times in 53 years, okay, in the NFC, you had a repeat member the next year in the NFC Championship game. 31 out of 53 years. In the AFC, you had a repeat member in the AFC Championship game. So what does that tell us? Carry the two, drop the one, here we go. 58% chance that one of the two teams in your conference's championship game will be back next year. Detroit finished tied with San Francisco in the standings. Uh, San Francisco didn't try in the last game against the Los Angeles Rams because they really didn't have to. You know, you could say, well, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys game screwed by the officials' two-point conversion prevented Detroit from having the, having the number one overall seed, but maybe not. Maybe the 49ers try in the last game, which they would have if that one seed was on the line. But you know what you do if you're the Lions? You just get that bloody one seed next year, and you don't worry about it. You make everybody come to you in the postseason next year. Very simple, very, very easy to figure out. How about that? But then there's this, my friends, and this perhaps even more so, all right, gives you hope if you're a Lions fan or if you're a fan of a team who is really, frankly, nowhere close. Gives you some hope, okay? The Lions just lost NFC Championship game. Heartbreaking fashion, as you know. But of the last 10 Super Bowl champions, last 10 Super Bowl champions, how many won the Super Bowl their first trip to the playoffs with the group that ultimately won it? Okay? So you're looking at Super Bowl champions, and you're looking at when those runs began. How many won the Super Bowl their first run in the postseason? Here you go. Eight out of ten did not. Eight out of ten did not. Seattle Seahawks' Russell Wilson did so in year two. You have New England Patriots as a champion. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick won in 2002. Denver Broncos, New England Patriots. Uh, Peyton Manning won it in year four with the Broncos. Okay, made it to the playoffs a few times. The Philadelphia Eagles won it in year one with Nick Foles. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won it in year one with Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. But there's only one TB12. There's only one of him, right? Kansas City didn't win it their first year with Patrick Mahomes as a starter. Did not. New England beat him in the, in the playoffs. So you see here, guys, there is very much a you've got to crawl before you can rock, walk mantra among NFL teams. That very much exists. And Detroit should not fret the fact that, hey, it just wasn't your time. It almost was, but it wasn't. And that's okay, because for eight of the last ten Super Bowl champions, it wasn't their time the first time around either. So that should make you feel better if you are a Ravens fan, uh, if you are a fan of an up-and-coming team like the Bengals, get Joe Burrow healthy, or the Browns, same with Deshaun Watson, should make you feel good about your future. Always like to give you that thing that you can't get anywhere else. All right, coming up next on the show. Do you claim a team that does this? 
That, my friends, is next. And this is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark, Ron, and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. It's Offsides. Mark, Ron, and Diesel, we are the fan upstate. Rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Always do appreciate you making time for us. We go to the phones right now, and Dolphin Gary, I can't believe this. What a blast from the past, man. This is crazy Ma- to me. Mark Ryan, I am fired up. My Orioles, their ownership changed. Maybe they're going to spend some money now. Your Yankees, oh, are they in trouble now, Mark? Listen, the, the day I'm afraid of your stinking Orioles, Gary, is the day I die. That will never happen. What okay? did you finish? A whole 18, was it 18 games okay. out last year, was it, Mark? Eight, and then I'll also, have you, I'll also have you know that my you team. You barely made it over 500. My, what an embarrassment. My team is the With Rays. My team is the Rays, okay? I've disowned the Yankees. No, my team is the Rays. I disowned the Yankees a long time ago, Gary. A long time ago. Oh, we terrible. live in a very different world than we lived in in 2009 when you used to what listen to my old show. Yeah. yeah. What is it, Scott? Hey, we live in a different world. Yeah. So what's up today, man? What do you want to talk about? I'm fired up. I mean, we've got to have an ownership. Lifelong Baltimore. We're going, to spend, we're going to spend some money now, Mark. You won't be able to compete with us. Okay. Between our farm system and spending money, the, the Yankees and the Rays, they're going to be an afterthought, Mark. <laughs> Boy, you are I mean, full we of. You are, Gary. Today you are spending any stinking money. You are full of sound and fury, signifying nothing right now, my friend. Wins, Mark, and we didn't spend any money. Okay, yeah. Congratulations. Where'd that get you? How many playoff games did you win? It got us the AL East, baby. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, AL East. And, and we did beat your Rays too. Okay. Hey, let's. Hey, shifting gears here. How do you feel about the stats I just shared? Fifty-eight percent. Okay, of the conference championship games have one repeat participant from the previous year. Okay, so 58% of the years, at least one of the teams that made it the previous year made it again. Also, Gary, eight of the last 10 Super Bowl champions did not win the Super Bowl their first time in the playoffs with their core group. What does that say say for the Miami Dolphins and what they're building? Mark, I told you the Texans were going to beat the Browns. You didn't believe me. I told you the Ravens were going to lose to the Chiefs. You didn't believe me. If it didn't happen on this station, if it didn't happen on this station, it didn't happen, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes you sleep better, my friend. Hey, thank you, buddy. Good to hear from you. And thank you for finding us here. Uh, Gary, I do appreciate that very, very much. Very much. Thank you so much for uh, bringing us up here on the show. All right, guys, I want to bring you into this discussion. And, you know, it's very much a a what would you do kind of situation. You know, there was that um, that show on TV, I think it was on Friday nights. What would you do in this situation? And I was thinking about this and it relates to that conversation about the most miserable sports fan bases. What would you do? What would be your policy if you had a team that moved? And then let's say above and beyond that team moving, that team kept the name, kept the logo, kept everything that went, that came with that team name. What do you do? And, you know, like to me, the closest thing I can think of to compare this to is your girls cheated on you 
and now she's flaunting her new boyfriend to you every single day. I mean, think of the Chargers fans in San Diego. They look like the Chargers. They sound like the Chargers. They even still play like the Chargers. That is, they don't do squat, Diesel. Do you still claim them when they left you? Do you still claim that team? Raiders fans, do you still claim the Las Vegas Raiders? Hey, you know, this is on a much lower scale, but it's still the same thing to people who live there. The Golden State Warriors didn't change their name, but they moved out of Oakland. They're now in San Francisco. And so, like, when you're... When you've been there, as I have one time, you can see how that works. You can stand in Oakland, see across the bridge into San Francisco. Oh, okay, they moved across the bridge. I, I, I get what they did there. You can see the Golden Gate Bridge. But you, you have no idea how upset the folks in Oakland are that GS, Golden State, doesn't play there anymore. I think there's about 92% of our listening audience here in the upstate who's saying, please take the Hornets and the name out of, out of the Queen City. I think they're saying, Diesel, please take the Panthers out of the Queen City, if I'm honest with you. You know, I mean, I, I, I think they're saying that. I Look, guys, you have no idea how many folks have said to me, please stop calling them the Carolina Panthers. Genuinely speaking. Yeah. And I don't know if we could get – I don't know if we could get a real answer from this. How upset would you be if the Panthers were one of the franchises moved to NFL Europe? You know, for years they've been saying the Jaguars are going to be moved to Europe. Don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to expand with all new franchises. We genuinely don't know. But if Charlotte lost its team, lost its franchise to Europe, how sad would you be about it? Crushed, pretty much. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would. Well, that shows that you still care. I do care. I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking I'm uh, Diesel, you know what we hear. You, you know how disenfranchised these people are. Well, we talk about apathy creeping in. If yeah. apathy is truly crept in, you wouldn't be so bad about it. What about you, though? Like, okay, let's say that Appalachian State is leaving Boone. Well, this doesn't happen in college, okay? Right. But I'm, I'm trying to, to make this as analogous as I possibly can. Let's just say the, uh, a fire swept through the town. The campus has been burned down. But the university wants to stay open and so let's just say they move down the road to Hickory, where there's already a satellite campus of App State. It's not in Boone anymore. For the next 30 years, App State's going to be in Norfolk, Virginia, Diesel. Are you still <laughs> an App State fan? No. No, because, you're not. No, because what made it special is the town that it was in. Mm. It's so synonymous with the town. You know, but then, you know, you, you have to ask that question of a school that's not necessarily in a college town. Like uh, University of Charlotte. Well, Texter, they're, not, they're not even in Charlotte. Yeah. Texter says St. Louis Rams, another example. They keep the logo. They keep the name. They keep the colors. I mean, how confusing is that? At least Cleveland went to Baltimore, became the Ravens. The NFL said, you're going to get the Browns again. You're going to get your team back. That's different than the vast majority of all these teams get. We've had more movement the last few years than we ever have. And, like, whenever you talk about miserable franchises, longest suffering, what stood out to me, guys, is a number of calls that end up coming in from San Diego. And they're like, no one suffered more than we have. You know, Diesel, like, San Diego is a top 20 market in terms of market size. 
They have the Padres. The Padres have never won a World Series. What else do they have? <laughs> they have the San Diego State Aztecs, who almost get into a big conference, and then that big conference goes away. You've got a yeah. top 20 market, Diesel, with one team that has never won a World Series and nothing else. That's insane, isn't it? No NFL team, no NHL team, no NBA team, no major college football team. Nobody. Nobody. Texter makes a great point. The Hornets did leave and kept the name. They did. For a minute. I'm saying they would do it again. Yeah. Texter says, Mark, I could care less. Well, that means you care. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't care less, yeah, you, you If couldn't. you could care less, that means you care quite a God, bit. I had, I had to read a, <clears throat> a message board post this morning of a guy who misused their like four times oh, no. in a paragraph. And he can't even play dumb, like, oh, it's just no. a typo. I yeah, did he's times. trying to say they are, T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E, but he spelled it T-H-E-I-R like four or five times in this message. That is somebody who didn't make a typo. He genuinely doesn't know. That's exactly right. All right, my friends, up next on the show, uh, what should you do if your team moves on you? Should you stick? Should you leave? Should you peace out, go somewhere new? Uh, and, my friends, a Valentine's Day gift for America's number one couple. All next here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. State.